we do want to welcome you to this week's podcast of Live Transform. This is episode number 145. And that was Bob Meister introducing hey. his podcast. He's and so good with at us this. is Dr. Jim Richards. Welcome, Dr. Jim wife, Richards. Do- welcome, Dr. Hey. Jim Richards. What? Isn't Bob so good at introducing his Bob podcast? Bob is incredible yeah, yeah. at Let's this. celebrate Bob, really. I, I do it simply because you two won't. I know. I no, refuse. No. <laughs> and and plus, you know, when we didn't today, we were actually, Audrey and I were kind of on good behavior today, which is no fun. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you have to realize so many times when Bob is introducing us, we are doing something behind the scenes that you can't see to torment him uh, and to yep. try to make him mess up. And then I, and then when I do mess up, we torment there, him. there comes the mocking. Yeah, when turn- you mess up, we make fun of you. That's right. Okay, we turn into 10-year-olds. Let's just call it for what it is. We turn into 10-year-olds. Well, oh. that's what's called life. Well, at, at least I know I'm secure in your love for me. That's right. Yeah, yeah that is or, not Or at least question. in our love to torment you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, Jim, goodness. what's the favorite part of your life right now? The favorite part of my life? Man, you know what? Say me. Every Say day me. is a holiday. Me. Every meal is a banquet. <laughs> I'm just telling you, uh, you know, you just wake up every day going, okay, man, today's going to be a great day in some shape, form, or fashion. Like today, yeah. I get yeah. to yeah. spend time with two of my favorite people in the whole world. Thank and we you. get to do something for God together. You know, yeah. In, a, yeah. in a little while, we'll stop doing this. I'll get to spend time with my wife. You know, it, it just, if you if you celebrate everything and you find the good that you can in mm-hmm. every situation, then again, every day is a holiday. Every meal is a banquet. So, golly, there, there is not even any way to say what's the favorite thing in my life. I mean, the ultimate favorite thing in my life is that every single day, you know, God is speaking to me, breathing life yes. into me. Yes, breathing uh, life. Helping me understand how to help the people I love and care about. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, you know. I, I was reading a decree that says, I find joy in every moment because I smile at every task. Yep. So one. I'm going, so I'm smiling at you guys. Can you hear my smile? Yeah. Listeners, just go ahead and smile as you listen to the podcast well, because it's actually a really great stuff we're going yeah. to uh, conquer today. And, and, and here's a, um, a heart thing that I do. Yeah. And that is smiling at the organs of my body. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I yep. think my digestive system a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I no, said, you should. Digestive system. You for fifty four years you've mm-hmm. been dealing with yeah. everything that I've put in, mm-hmm. yeah. and you have dealt with it. Thank you, you know, very much. You know, we we've talked about this how that how that uh, postures and ex- and physical expressions stimulate different hormonal releases in our body. So again, you know, we, we were talking last week about we need to make decisions, and then we'll have experiences. But right. we're always waiting for the experience and say, well, if I ever experience yes. this. backwards. Or, or yeah. like, if good things ever start happening, I'll be happy. No, you won't. Right. No, no, no. You'll you be then happy. Then I'll start smiling. But, you know, we've you know, we talked about this, so, so I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. But when you smile, like, like one of the things I used to tell people when I do personal, a lot of personal coaching, I'm like, look, get your shoulders up. <laughs> you know, stop yeah. slumping your shoulders. Stop yes. leaning over. Stop looking at the ground. Raise yeah. your eyes. And smile. 
Yeah, but I don't have anything to smile about. No, I just, just smile. I don't care if you have anything to smile about. Just, <laughs> just actually. Even if it looks fake. Just fake. actually changing those muscles yes. does something to you neurologically and, and yes. in your hormones yeah. and everything. And, uh, you, you know, when, when we used to, when I used to take teams out. I love out, it because it makes you laugh at yourself, too. Yeah. So go ahead. When, we yeah. used to, when, we, when I used to take teams out and teach them how to, how to you know, one-on-one win the loss, I would always say, no, you go out to a mall or somewhere. Don't go up to the person that is standing up straight, looking straight forward and walking fast. Because that person's going somewhere. They, they've already decided they're going somewhere. They're on a mission. Yeah. But that mm-hmm. person that's looking down. See, when you look up or down, it changes how your brain functions. When you change your posture, it changes how your brain functions. I'm and, doing it right now. I'm looking up and my shoulders are back. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you when you look up, it slows down your brain waves. You start, you start becoming more in Peaceful. harmony with living yes. in peace and, yes. and, and, and getting in touch with your heart, all those kinds of things. You know, like I've said before, every posture of praise and worship affects yes. your emotions in your brain, how you think, how you feel. Now, yes. I, I recently had somebody, I, I think they were making fun of me, uh, you, know, you, know, just, you, know, you know, did, a, did a, 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 on one of my YouTube videos, they said, yeah, yeah, uh, roll your eyes up, feel better or something like that. You know, I'm like, well, yeah. yes, stupid. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You know, uh, if, you, if you drive every now and then, you, you, you might, might change your absolute whole, you know, oh, talking about favorite things, you know, uh-huh. yes, you know one, yeah. of, one of our favorite things is, is we have had two hours of tormenting Bob today. Oh yeah. <laughs> Life is good. This is good. This is good. I like I even like the saying, um, when you love life, life loves you back. Oh, that's so good. That is good. Absolutely. You know? That's a that's a good reason to smile right there. And just cheer. but this all comes down to what we're talking about today uh-huh. because the choice when you decide to love life, uh-huh. then life will love you back. Uh-huh. You know, we think life has to get good and then we're gonna love uh-huh. it. As we said, but not us, like not our listeners, not everyone listening here. We're going to say, no, stop that and say, no, I love life. Mm -hmm. Life is loving you I might not love everything in life. There's stuff happening around me I don't like. There's stuff happening around me I don't want to happen. But you know, know, freedom and kingdom living. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways you know you are really experiencing heaven on earth is when Things around you that you don't like, things around you that give you an excuse to be negative, to be sad, to be yep. depressed, uh-huh. and, and 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 so that that those feelings start coming, and you go, I can feel that way if I want to, mm-hmm. or I can choose to be happy and at peace, and and, mm-hmm. and 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 you and you get what you choose, yeah, and you choose that thing about just I'm just gonna be happy and have peace. And you have it. Yeah. Go ahead, Bob. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, um, coming off again of the uh, Heart Physics Weekend, yeah. just people really, I, I found they were stumbling over the idea that I really have that much yeah. responsibility to make a choice. Or you yeah. might, well, you might say it this way. That much authority too, you know. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. I, I I wasn't going to give them the authority yet because no. then right. they they would be looking for a different result. But no. I have a responsibility here to make a choice, and then am I making that choice in myself mm. or as we were speaking last week, 
in the truth of my identity, my dignity, yeah. and, and, in, and in my worth. Um, so, you know, making that, and yeah. you, made, you made a statement uh, during that weekend, and you said, it's not that you just make a choice in the morning when you wake up, yeah. you know, or, you know, those last moments before you drift off to sleep. Yeah. But you said, you're making a choice continually every minute moment we by are moment, making choices making choice. over and over again we had a couple yesterday speaking about this mm-hmm. happiness thing or you know just that just what you know we're, if we have freedom in kingdom living when we know we're experiencing heaven on earth even though things around us you know may give us reason to be sad or depressed we can decide we can feel that way or we can be happy or at peace i i'm hearing you yep. yesterday we had such a light turn on for a couple that was with us. And um, he says, we said, How, what are you ready to start feeling? He said, I just want to feel like my wife is happy. Yeah. I said, okay, I, I love that idea, but that's not you. Like right. give your heart a space and a moment to have a voice. Right. How do you want to feel? And he said, well, when she's happy, then that just makes me feel happy. And I said, Okay, like we kept digging deeper and deeper with this, but I know you're giving us that look like, oh man. Jim's Jim's looking up, he's rolling his eyes. Because she's responsible to make you happy apparently, which is not gonna work. But the revelation, the light that came turned on us, I said, guess what you guys, there are days that Bob isn't happy. And, And you know what, in the past, I have gotten myself in patterns that I get weird when he's not happy. I start performing. I start trying really hard to make him happy. And then I get weird and then he gets more weird and we get on this downward cycle because I thought that I could do some, if he's not happy, then I really shouldn't be either, you know? And then I just, just decided at one point years ago that I'm allowed to be super happy whether Absolutely. he's happy or not. And then I found out that he prefers if I am uh, go ahead and be happy without him. Like and I said, but doesn't that make you feel doesn't that make you feel bad like it's rude that I'm being so happy when you're not? Mm-mm. And he's like, "No, it's awesome when you're happy." The absolute stupidest thing that you can do. <laughs> Okay, let's write this down, people. Write let's write down. it down. The write this down. That's absolutely most stupid thing, thing you, can, you do. can do. When your mate has a <laughs> negative emotion, is for you to share that negative emotion. Right. Yeah. Or to duplicate right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. You know, uh, in, in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's called a downward spiral. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, uh, I'm trying to look. It says, okay. It says two, in Ecclesiastes 4 9, it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if mm-hmm. they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falls, for he doesn't have anybody to help him get up. Yeah. Now, when you're, when you're saying, I can't be happy if my mate's not happy, what you're mm-hmm. saying is, if my mate falls, I am just going to lay down right beside of them. Yeah. I'm done. And there's going to be nobody to pick either one of us up. You know, we wow. have this. Wow. We that, have that's this, a visual. It is. We have this infectious disease called life. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. is an infectious disease because we infect other people with whatever it is we're living and experiencing. And, and so, you know, I don't. I mean, I know you guys about this, but it it always amazes me when anybody wants to talk about their problems, but they don't want to find a solution. That just amazes me. 
Because <laughs> if it's somebody, and particularly, it, it, now I understand, uh, not everybody thinks that way, and I understand a lot of times I've had to say to people, are you venting or are you looking for help? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, there's a big I, difference. Yeah, there's a big difference. Some people get offended if you offer them solutions when they tell the troubles. But many times with people, you know, I will listen up to a certain point, but then I, st- I have to stop them, particularly for people I care about. It's like, you know something? And I'll ask them, now, are, are you wanting input about this? Well, no. Well, then I don't want to hear any, anything else about it. I do yeah. not want to carry this around with me. If mm-hmm. I can't help you, I, I, I can't listen to this and get down with you. Mm-hmm. Right, because when you when right. you get ready to get over this, I got to be where I am now to help you get up. Yeah. I got to yeah. stay in this mindset where I am, and so, so you know, uh, people who think they have no right to be happy if their mate is not happy are, are just codependent people who have bought into a false sense of responsibility and really contradictory to the gospel. They're surrendering their capacity to actually help other people. They're surrendering their, their, their ability to infect other people with happiness and with joy and peace. I, I'll tell you something. I haven't said this to a single human being. Probably in the last few months, I've gone through some of the most hurtful stuff I've ever gone through my whole life. Wow. I mean, I'm telling you, it has, it, I mean, it has been some things that just cut me to the core. Wow. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times over the last few months I've just gotten alone and sat down and just said, okay, I can feel this way if I choose to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or I can not let this bother me. Wow. And, you know, people say, well, how can you not let it bother Well, I'm not letting it bother me because that's my choice. That's because, your choice. And because also because I know that if, See, every, the law of the seed, which is the ultimate universal law that guides everything else. Mm-hmm. The law of the seed says every seed bears after its own kind. So I know the moment any emotion takes, starts influencing me, right. that every decision I make from that emotion is a seed that only has the capability of producing more of that emotion. So if I let sorrow start driving how I'm making decisions, if I let heartbreak start driving how I'm making my decisions, then the real truth is I'm going to make decisions that are going to bring more sorrow, going to bring more heartbreak. That is God's word. Take it, leave it, believe it, don't believe it. And so why would I want to start planting more seeds of heartbreak and sorrow? Okay, so this is interesting because this is really... True to what, see, what we have found is the extreme. We have the people that never talk about it, never admit that they're feeling that sorrow or mm-hmm. their heartbreak, and they just push it down and they just push it down. But that doesn't help either. No. Like, no. I find that, like, just two sides of a coin, both are so important. I have to acknowledge, yes, I am feeling sorrow. Like, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because some people don't even admit it. They just pretend. Yeah. And because your emotions need to be alive, like that sorrow yeah. is real in the moment. So yes, I'm feeling this sorrow, but now with that, I'm going to bring it to Jesus yeah. and say, can you love cast me Cast your here? care upon him. Yeah. Uh, like care, I'm going to cast word it That care gets into anxiety. And, yes. But here's another factor. If sin is when we perceive and experience ourselves as less than being who God says we are. That's what, that's what it is because you, you're right, missing okay. the mark of the glory of God. You're yeah. not seeing that you are the glory of God in planet Earth. 
So, so this means that really, and boy, people are not going to like this. Going, oh, but I think I know where you're going. People, you just say so, it, So Jim. really. Just say it. You know, allowing yourself to stay depressed is giving into sin. It, you need allowing to yourself to stay yeah. angry is you now the Bible says you can be angry and sin not, but if you allow yourself to stay in anger to where it starts affecting your decisions, you're in sin. Right. Not sin in the way we tend to think of sin, but you are accepting this lack, this feeling of right. lack, this feeling yeah. of not being enough, this feeling of I can't solve this, this feeling of I can't be happy, this feeling of there's some part of who I am and what I have in Jesus mm-hmm. is limited. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus loves you there, that's when you can yeah. walk out of it. Like that's when you receive this extravagance yeah. because you just don't want to beat yourself and say, wow, I've been depressed. I need to repent. I'm so sorry, God. No, I've been so depressed. God, love me here. I need your love. I confess my limitation, but I, I'm going to let you love me to the point where I'm going to cast this care upon you and I'm not going to accept the lack mm-hmm. of, I'm not going to accept no. this feeling. But I needed to do it with Jesus. It's not a self-will, self self thing you've got to do it with Jesus because he understands our sorrows you know yeah. like he, you know what i'm saying like sometimes you think oh i've just got to be a better person and do it with my own strength no like invite jesus into that weakness but then decide to walk out with him like be so loved Absolutely. you walk out well you know this is what you know people the fake grace movement always fights against the whole concept of confessing sin because they don't understand. They don't understand sin. They don't understand the word confession. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I understand where they're coming from about what they think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, but the real truth is, you know, confession gets into on, on taking ownership, taking ownership of how you feel, ta- you yeah. know, taking ownership of the struggle that you're going on. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> If I don't, and you know, we've talked about this before, how the word, particularly the Hebrew word, I believe it is for confess, gets into this concept of like picking up the rock so you can throw it away. Yes, yeah. yeah. If you don't pick it up and own it, you can't get it away from you. So, you know, when I'm, you know, when I have gone through some of these things, you know, I really, my, the way I'm talking to Jesus about it is just, look, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. you know, you know, this is how I feel yes. and, and you know that everything in me wants to handle it, you know, a certain way or, or whatever, yeah. but, uh, but I know that in you, I have a choice and, 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 and here's something I'll do. You know, he, the Bible tells us to pray for my enemies. Mm-hmm. Now we say, yeah, but this is my husband or my wife or my children, they're not my enemy. Right. Well, wait a right, minute. Right, 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 Maybe right, you need right. to look at what that word enemy means. Because, I yeah. mean, the word enemy can get into, yeah, somebody that you hate, or but it can actually just get into somebody that is opposing you or hostile to you, or you could even say opposing, you know, uh, what I have in Jesus, opposing yeah. opposing my, right. my spiritual inheritance. Mm-hmm. And so, you're you know, you're not against them. But in that situation, they have become the antagonist yeah. that is affecting your ability to have joy. Yes. So, so yeah. it's no different to pray for and bless the person you know that you love, your husband, your wife, your parents, your mm-hmm. kids, your friends, your business. It's no different to start speaking blessing. Because here, here's what I want to happen to people that are creating conflict in my life. I want them to come to righteousness. I want mm-hmm. them to I want them to see the truth. I want their eyes to be open and I want there to be harmony between us. And God. So I just start speaking blessings over them. 
But mm-hmm. I do that after I choose yes. to live in peace. After I That's choose right. to have happiness. It, you do the weather thing first. Yeah. You choose first, and then you can bless. It's like Jesus. You know, he he did not bless and multiply the you know the the, the bread and the fish the loaves. until yeah. he looked into heaven and recovered his sight. You always right, got to get right. yourself back to the place of peace. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you now let me say this: first few times you try this, it probably won't be as instantaneous and continuous. No. Yeah, but it's a little over, bit more But grueling. I'm telling you, the more you do this as a way of life, the more you start realizing. Yeah. See, we are sovereign. We're created mm-hmm. in the likeness of God. Sovereign doesn't mean you're in control of everything. Sovereign right. means nobody can act upon you to impose things on you. Right. People can do things, but they can't really impose them on you. No, uh, they can't. You have to react allow to that. them. Allow yeah, that. Yeah, react or allow. Yeah. And so you start realizing, you know, I'm sovereign. I can, I can choose how this is going to affect me. And I'm telling you, you can go from almost hysteria to just enjoying life in a matter, yeah. of, in a matter of seconds. Especially if you practice it a lot. If you yep. start taking note mm-hmm. of every time this happens that a feeling wants to come over yep. and grab you, um, the word I like to use is just I, get a, I just get even a moment with Jesus. Even if I'm in a crowded place, I just close my eyes and go inside and I say, Jesus, yep. thank you for loving me like you yeah. love me. You really love me, but I want to confess my limitation. I'm just not good yeah. at liking this person right now. I'm, I, you know, they've hurt me, and, and I'm feeling yeah. like I don't. So I just confess my limitation. That's how I say it, and that's like I. But you know what? I I'm gonna get when he loves me. There, I'm able to throw that yeah. offense away so fast that it, it didn't even have an imprint. You know what I mean? It didn't even. But you know, religion has taught us that I don't. I mean, it's so convoluted. It, it's sort of like people think. I can't admit to God how I really feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I tell this story about. I mean, I'd only been saved about six months. Y'all, y'all have heard me tell the story. You know, this is the one that that your dad went to sleep on and on national television. He almost right. answered. You remember? You know where? Yes. Oh yes. Of course, I remember. Oh yes. You know, this is where I got this <laughs> this teenage girl that's having sex with everybody in the right. youth group in the first church right. I went to. Right. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm she's crying, and I'm like. And she's like, oh, God, forgive me. I don't want to do that. Boy, and I, I kind of got down in her face. And I said, you're lying. Yeah, you're you lying do want to. God. And yeah. she said, I'm not lying to God. You're being mean to me. And I said, no, you're lying to God. And I said, do you like sex? Right. And she like, here's what she said. I mean, she's like, well, yeah, but I can't tell that to God. <laughs> 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 it's like... You, you think he hadn't noticed? <laughs> you, you, think he, you think he hadn't figured this out? <laughs> but we're kind of that way. It's sort of like, maybe if I want to admit this to God, he won't notice it. And people yeah. people think God will hate them for their problems. But right. see, Jesus became a man. Jesus could not be our high priest if he had not become a man. Right. He became a man, was tempted in every way, like we are, yet he didn't give in to it. Uh-huh. So the thing is, he is compassionate when when we come to him, because any temptation we come to, well, he's going to say, I, I've been there. I had that same mm-hmm. temptation. Let me show you how mm-hmm. I overcame. He's never yeah. going to reject. And even if you give in to the temptation, he's going to say, okay, I'm going to show you how to get out of where you are now. Mm-hmm. So that kind of brings us to this thing of what we're going to talk about, about who do men say I am. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at doctrines 
that are based in Luciferianism. There is a Luciferian doctrine or Luciferian doctrines that have been present ever since the serpent and the man talked in the garden that was perpetuated, that was multiplied. It, it, you, know, you know, there were fallen angels, there were the Nephilim. There were all of these ways that, that Luciferian doctrine came into planet Earth. And there's a few of these Luciferian doctrines that are the, the backbone of everything that's wrong with the world and every doubt, every struggle that man ever has. And of course, you know, we know that one of the Luciferian doctrines is that God is in control of everything. In other words, it's a, it's a, it's a corrupt definition of sovereignty. God, sovereignty means God's in control. That's not what sovereignty means. But right. that's the Luciferian doctrine. God is in control right. of everything. And since the world is such a mess, it is obvious that God is not a good God. You can't really trust him. Right. Because if, if he was, he'd stop this stuff from happening. So that, that brings you to the first half of the lie. And, and around that one lie, there are just thousands of beliefs and doctrines that permeate the 21st century church about you know, God using testing and pain. And so all of that comes out of that Luciferian doctrine that God is not good, you can't trust him. Right. But then the second aspect of that Luciferian doctrine is that you are not created in the likeness of God, not really. Not, mm. you're not really, even though God said that. And, that. and that was the temptation that Adam had. All Luciferian doctrine emerges out of those two factors. So when Jesus comes to planet Earth, and, and the Apostle John said this, he said, this is how, and he, because the Gnostics and the other cult groups uh, were really denying that Jesus became a man. And so, you know, and, and, you know, early Catholic, well, still Catholicism and most Christianity today really denies that Jesus became a man. He was the son of God. Well, and it's sort of like, well, he was sort of a man, but the real truth is he could have, he, he could have worked magic anytime he wanted to. Well, no, no. He was son of man, even though he was the son of God. And, and like we've talked about Philippians 2 I think they call it the great kenosis, I think is what they call it. Because in the Greek, it talks about how he emptied himself to, to, to have every limitation and live totally within the boundaries of how human beings live. Mm -hmm. Now, if he had not been a man, he could not have been tempted. If he had not been a man, he would not have had to operate faith. If he had not been a man, he would not have had to yield to the Holy Spirit. If you know, I mean, you just go down the list. So, because the the reason this is such a horrible, destructive antichrist doctrine is because Jesus can't really be your savior if he didn't become a man. Because a man brought man brought sin to the world, first Adam. The last Adam took sin out of the world, but he could not do that if he had not been a man. He could not hmm. God could not become sin. Right. A man could become sin. Right. So so the whole thing about the humanity of Jesus is one of the most disempowering 
doctrines that, that there is. And I'm telling you, people, I mean, people lose their minds when I start talking mm -hmm. about this stuff. I, mm -hmm. You know, I've only had, I can count on one hand the number of bad meetings I've had in 40-something years of preaching. Boy, one of them, I was in a big church in, in, I think it was around Pittsburgh or somewhere. And the preacher wanted me to teach on the humanity of Jesus. <laughs> and well, when I did, and he had been listening to me teach about it, some yeah. of his staff rose up and yeah. they decided I was a heretic. And, you know, when I used to go in and do these meetings in churches uh, where the pastor wanted me there, usually what would happen, it'd be some some spineless pastor that somebody in his church be threatening a church split would rise up. And I'd always tell them, when I'm gone, when I am gone, the person that opposes this message is going to rise up and going to confront you about all this. And da, da, da. And I'll just tell them, this is how it's going to happen. This is how it happens everywhere. You, know, you wanted me here. You want this message. But I'm going to guarantee you, you got some little weasel of a leader around you that is not willing to give up control. And the, the message that I'm preaching sets people free from control. So who, yeah, yeah, yeah. whoever your control freak is, man, they're, <laughs> they're going to surface when I leave. It's true. And so it happened. I, I, and then I went through months of this church writing me letters and how I was a heretic and oh, you know all of this nonsense all over the concept of the humanity of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, Jesus is in Caesarea Philippi which th there were these caves in that area that they believed were the entrance to Hades. They believed that that area was where you could actually go into that realm of the dead. And so uh, they're going to that area, and he says to his disciples, now we would, here's how we would say it. There's no other scripture says, here's how we would say it. Who do men say that I am? That, that's how we would say it. And so, and then we would jump straight down to Peter saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So it's okay. Recognizing me as the Christ, that is that, that that's the big answer. And, right. and I'm gonna build my church on church. the confession that I'm the Christ. Yes. Right. Well, you're cutting out about three-fourths of the conversation when you do that. <clears throat> Because mm -hmm. that is not what he asked, and that was But not... that's always the statement we always yeah. get back to, and we all have it memorized. Yeah. What he said is, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Oh. Now, I don't think Jesus accidentally said anything. <laughs> I don't think there's anything in the Bible that is accidentally, <clears throat> you know, where God says something. He said, oh, man, I should have thought that through, you know? <clears throat> so... He's not, he's asking a question about whether or not people perceive him as the son of man. So, so, the, so, so they say, well, some people say that you're Elijah. Well, see, here's the problem. Elijah was dead, had gone on to be with the Lord. He'd already crossed over or had been swept up in a yeah. chariot, which is dead, yeah. I mean, to this world. Yeah. So then, so then really they're, 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 they're not acknowledging that he is the son of man or even acknowledging he's the Christ, they're saying right. that he is some type of supernatural man, something different than the son of man. Right, yeah. but not an actual man. Yeah. He's some kind of supernatural being. And yeah. and then you know somebody said, well, some say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Well, again, Jeremiah's dead and gone. 
Right. So they're not acknowledging that he is a normal man. Exactly. Now, it's really important to get this into context. Mm. People, if you're up close, if you're up close to somebody like Jesus, and, mm. and I, you know, I use Smith Wigglesworth as an example. Well, people will read about Smith Wigglesworth. Boy, he did some rough, crass things. But, you know, you're not there. You're not dealing with a human emotion. So, really, it looks mythological to you. It looks mm-hmm. bigger than life. But, it's, you know, it's one thing to watch somebody every day and see how they live. And like in Smith Wigglesworth's case, maybe see their shortcomings, see the things you don't mm-hmm. like about them. Right. Uh, uh, and, you know, when you're up close, it's a different view mm-hmm. and a different understanding than it is when you're looking at a distance. Yep. Because at a distance, you're just seeing the big things. Yep. Now, we know that at one point in time, Jesus' family and some of the disciples were struggling with whether he was the Christ or not. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't have any trouble seeing him as a man. Because up close and personal, he went to the bathroom. He, right. he had to eat. Right. He got right. tired. Right. So in the beginning, their struggle was all he is is a man. We're not really sure. I mean, we know where he came from. You know, we know where he was born. The Bible says, you know, they had all this theology. So they accepted him as the son of man, as a yeah, for sure. regular human being. Yes. Their struggle was, is he the Christ? Right. That was a struggle. So there. And we, you know, we, I mean, we know from all the scripture that, that they accepted him as the son of man. Right. And we know that he taught them continuously that the only reason he had the authority or the right to work miracles in planet earth was because he was a son of man, not because he was a son of God. Right. His authority came because he was a man. If, mm-hmm. if he had. Re- referring back to. Yeah. Last week's podcast. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If he had one time worked a miracle as the son of God, he would have violated God's word where God gave authority of planet earth to man. Whoa. You just said that so clearly, just yeah. how you set us up for the last 10, 15 minutes. And to say that the authority came because he was a man. Yeah. If he would have worked miracles as a son of God, he would have violated God's in his design, he would well. He would have actually made God a liar. Wow. See, people think he worked miracles on planet Earth because he was son of God. No, no. He, he worked did it miracles because, because he, he was the son of man. Right. I'm getting some good lights on here, oh, Jim. Good. You're doing really well. You're communicating this really well. So because we can say hear the same thing over and over, yeah. you know, and then it's like this is pretty cut and dry. We gotta, this is, but we got to hear some of this stuff about a dozen different ways, a hundred different times yep, before, yep. before it goes, oh, wait a minute. I've really got to oh, get my head around this now. Right. Yeah. See, when the, when the demons came and said, son of God, why are you tormenting us for our time? I can remember back in the seventies, you know, people saying, even the demon, demons recognized him and worshiped him. No, they didn't. They were not worshiping him. They were challenging him. They were challenging his right mm. as the son of God to come and exercise authority over them. If he's the son of God, he does not have the right to exercise oh. authority. 
Now, he was the Son of God, don't get me wrong, but he emptied himself of all that capacity, all of that. So they of, were testing him. They were just saying, the demons were actually saying, you don't have the, the right Son to do of God. This. Why are you tormenting us? You're not allowed to do this. You're, you don't have any authority on earth. You're God. Yeah, you gave exactly. authority to man. You gave authority yeah. to man. You don't have the right to do this. And so so, so they weren't worshiping him. They weren't acknowledging who he was. They were challenging his right to, to work miracles or to cast them out or have authority over them. So, so Jesus did everything that he did as the son of man. In other words, he was saying, this is what it looks like. If you, if you do it, because you are a human being, yes, there is nothing different about me than you. Yes, I understand I'm the son of God, but I am completely 100% a human being just like you. See, this whole thing, golly, this this right here is going to make people go crazy and mad and I might get hate mail over. But see, almost everything we're taught about the anointing, not only is it not biblical, it's Gnostic. It's not Christian. It's Gnostic based. Because, see, the Gnostics presented this idea that through knowledge, you would grow in your anointing. You know, God would give you new anointings. And then so there would be these rare people that would reach this level of anointing that they might could do something special like work a miracle. It's sort of like what the Catholic Church does with saints. So you're so special. You're so different. You have reached this level of anointing and whatever. So now you you as you reach this level, so you can work. And John said, "No," and that's what he's talking. Let those listen. Let that anointing remain on you that you received when you in the beginning. That anointing is Jesus anointing. Now you're anointing. You you were baptized into Jesus. The only anointing Mm -hmm. you got is who you are in Jesus and what he has. Mm-hmm. There, there is another anointing. There's nothing else to offer. There's nothing else to give. And so this doctrine says every human being that believes on Jesus can do what he did and more greater if they believe the truth that Jesus taught, what he modeled, what he represented, and who they are in him. Mm-hmm. So on, in Caesarea Philippi, he, he didn't say, who do man say, say I am? Who do they say that who, I am the son of man? Who do they say that I am? So what, what he was getting to is they don't believe I'm a man. So when, Jesus, when Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, that was not an exclusion of him seeing him as the son of man. It was, okay, I've seen you as the son of man. I've seen you work miracles. You've said your authority is based on being the son of man. You have said that any man can do what you do. you said all these things that are working in your life as a man, yield it to the Holy Spirit. But you know what? I, I now realize that not only are you the son of man, you are the Messiah. And the Messiah is a man. And, and it is the revelation of the son of man being the Messiah upon which the church was supposed to be built. But instead, we rejected the Son of Man aspect of it and just tried to build it on the revelation yes, of him being the, the Christ. Son of God. Which yeah. left us with no model. Right, for how we should be as people. Yeah, no, no, yeah. You, know, you know, the bar was dropped down. You know, right. he's the Messiah, right. we can never do that. No, we can try, no. but yeah. So, you, know, the you great- have just said that really well. I've really yeah. heard you. And it's almost, you know, flipping it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we come at it as, you know, son of God. Mm-hmm. And, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, I see- you, you lived among us, yeah. but 
But, but we, you are really but God. But we do give him. We give him God really easy. Special status. Yeah, we can give him God really easy, but it's hard to give him man. And yeah. and 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 the other thing is, I think that we pray this way, and this is what I find with people that are asking for help for us. They read their Bible and pray every day, but they're praying to the Son of God to a way in in relating to Him as God, but they're not relating to Him as man. And, well, and, and, plus, and hanging. Plus, most of what they're praying about violates the rest of what He said because we haven't even finished what He said yet. Yeah. All right, continue. So you got the revelation that he is the that the Son of Man is the Christ. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he said. Who do they say the Son of Man is? Peter says, mm-hmm. you're the Christ. The Son of Man is the Christ. So the Christ is the mm-hmm. Son of Man. Mm-hmm. So he says, I'll tell you what, on this, God didn't reveal this. I mean, he says, you know, no man revealed this to you. You know, you can only see this, you know, when you harmonize with God. Yeah. And he said, and on this, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it or the gates of Hades. And so then he says, so I'm going to give to you the keys of the kingdom based on what? Based on seeing the son of man as the Messiah. I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Now, keys always represent authority. Mm-hmm. And keys represent, of course, the ability to open and close doors, you know. You can lock, unlock doors. So I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and here's how it's going to work. And this is what it would say in the Greek. Whatever has already been bound or declared illegal in heaven, you can declare to be illegal, and in doing so, you lock the door so that that illegal thing cannot happen to you. Well, what's illegal based on the resurrection of Jesus? The curses. Yep. It is illegal for a curse to come on you. And so if you allow a curse to come on you and you're passive about it, you are in a conspiracy with death. Wow. You are agreeing with death that for some reason I've done something wrong. I said a bad word. I didn't go to church Sunday. I didn't tithe last month. Whatever it is. You know what? And it may even be something you legitimately is wrong, but it doesn't change what's legal. It still has no legal right because it's not based on what you did. It's based on what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So legally, the key is... If I declare it legal, un- illegal in my life based on what's already been declared illegal in heaven, I am locking the door to that and saying, you cannot come into my life. But then he says, and so whatever you loose on earth shall have or must have already been loosed or declared legal in heaven. So based on the resurrection of Jesus, we, and if we're in him, we are qualified for the inheritance of the kingdom. Based on the resurrection of Jesus, that inheritance includes all of the promises that God ever made to anybody. It includes all the rights, benefits, and privileges of the kingdom. So if if the door has been closed, in other words, if I am struggling financially, if I'm struggling with health, if I'm struggling, you think I cannot passively become complicit with this. Because I do again, I am, I am, I am actually violating spiritual, the spiritual, ultimate spiritual law on the finished mm-hmm. work of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if I if I look at this and say no, no, this is mine, and mm-hmm. I declare this in my life, I, you know, I call myself righteous, I call yeah. myself blessed, I call myself prosperous, and and of course, obviously, you, you know, all of this you want to work from a heart perspective. But the yeah. point is, you have just used your authority. 
to unlock the door to the blessings. Wow. Now they can just flow into your life. Why? You unlock the door. You used your authority. But the key yeah. to this is you have to understand that it is a man's job, a human's job to open and close those doors. Jesus demonstrated the authority of the believer as a human who mm-hmm. knew who he was in relationship to God. And people say, well, yeah, but he was a son of God. He, well, wait a minute, you've been born again, you're a son of God. Right. Yeah, but he didn't have sin. You know what? You may commit sins, but the truth is your spirit is as righteous you're, as it's ever going to be. You're completely, yeah, yeah. completely mm-hmm. made righteous. Yeah. So the, re- the real truth is you have the same standing before God that he yes. had. The question yes. is, do you believe it or not? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back to this <clears throat> real simple question. How forgiven are you? Yeah. <laughs> How loved by God are you? Yeah. And and that is where people yeah. really, really struggle. Well, I'm 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 a sinner. I'm messed up. I'm this, I'm that. I and just dis- completely yeah. disqualify themselves. And I really do have the same as Jesus. I really do yeah. have the same status as Jesus. You know, and it goes people back people have to- a hard, really hard time with that. But see, that is why persuading yourself of your identity all comes yeah. down yep. to yeah. is God is good as he says he is. Yeah. Bam. If he and is, Jesus, and Jesus is in me, if he is, then who am I mm-hmm. based on history? Who am I based on who Jesus showed me he was? Who am I based on the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus? If you're getting your identity anywhere else, yeah, it's always going to be messed up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. This is powerful. Oh, it is How powerful. Are, are, do we have more? What, what time? Yeah, is it? yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I haven't even. Well, no, this... no, but we're we're coming back to where we you know shifted into this. Yeah. And yeah. that number two of the Luciferian doctrine right. of not really being created in the likeness yep. and image of God. Right. Yep. And so I am, but boy, do I disqualify myself. Yeah. And and then. We get into that performance, that work, that needing to be, um, simply because I'm not seeing it in my life. Therefore, there's nothing wrong with God. There must be something wrong with me. Right. But in the end, since you're denying God's truth, then you're saying there's nothing wrong with God. Because, you know, Colossians says, he has qualified us in him to Mm -hmm. receive the inheritance of the kingdom of life. So it's, it's like... Either what God said about Jesus is true and all of it's true or none of it's true. Yeah. One or the other. There you go. And, and I would love if you could listen to what we did last week and then listen yep. to this one and just that whole thing of stop. Yeah. Like, no. Like, the, that power of a choice to decide that this is real and this is true, that he has qualified yeah. us. But see, this is what brings us down to this place. If Jesus as a man used his authority... Then when he spoke something, because he knew that authority was delegated to him by God. Mm, and that's the question. Mm. It's not how righteous I am. It's not all these other things. Did God ordain me, you know, just like he did Jesus? Am, am I creating a likeness in the image of God? Do I have authority and planet or just like? He said, now, see, the great thing is in Jesus, our conscience is clear. We have authority, whether we're saved or not. We just use it for wicked purposes. But in Jesus, man, I have righteousness. I have confidence. I have, you know, the Holy Ghost helping me and strengthening me and comforting me. So, so, so 
that's when you look at a situation and in, and when you get ready to speak, you do it just like God did. You conceive it in your heart first. Yes. And, and so every time you're working faith, it's always you got to do it exactly like God did, which is what Jesus taught Mark 11. You know, God looked into the nothingness and he conceived mm -hmm. an outcome in his heart. And when he spoke, see, intention I think sometimes, I don't know how to explain this. I need to do a little grammar lesson for myself, not for others. But I think we misdefine intention to some degree. Because intention sometimes seems more future tense. Yes. Like, I intend to do that next week. Yeah, that's that's the way right. we use the word intention. But that's mm -hmm. really not. But that's not a position of intention. Yeah. When that's, God spoke, yeah. he conceived something in his heart. Or first he conceived something certain. When he spoke, he spoke it with intention. And that intention was not, I, I intend for this to happen. The intention was, I am speaking this because so this will happen. You see that? It's a yes, subtle difference. I do. I do. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, we don't have to go through all these gyrations, but we reach that place to where I'm creating the life of God. I, I operate faith exactly like God is. So when I look at this situation and say, no, I am saying that going, knowing what I say with intention always comes to pass. Comes to pass. Yeah. It just freaks me out that he, if we really put ourselves in that situation that he spoke into nothingness yep. and said, be, you know? Yeah, That's pretty phenomenal. It is. It's just kind of going deep with me right oh. this second. <laughs> so. Why are you laughing, Bob? Nothing. I just. I, it's, a, it's a scary place to get inside of your mind. Mine? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so Go if, ahead, Jim. If we reverse engineer it. Yeah, that's. Yes. Let's reverse engineer. So reverse engineering says, I'm going to speak something. And. In my heart, before I speak it, I'm going to conceive the outcome. I don't have to know all the processes. I don't know how. No. I don't have to know how we're going to get from A to Z. All I know is mm -hmm. this is the outcome, and I can choose this based mm -hmm. on the fact that you know Jesus finished work. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm going to speak this and expect it to happen based on the finished work of Jesus. So in reverse engineering, I'm saying, okay, then you know it happens. Go back a step. I spoke it, go back a step. I had clear intentions of what was going to happen. Go back a mm -hmm. step. I conceived it clearly in my heart before I ever spoke it. Go yep. back a step. Back a step. And that I am created in the likeness and the, and the image of the God. There's the identity. Yep. And I have to operate faith exactly like God did. Go back a step and that God gave me authority over every, right. all the works of his hands. Yes. Bam. Bam, you just did that. And there ain't nothing, you know, there's nothing else to it. You can make this. No. And we make it complicated because we need for it to be complicated so we can justify it not working. How we're not working. Yes. Yeah. That's the only reason we complicate it. If we set our intention to reach that place to where what I say with intention happens, if, if mm -hmm. we just if we just say, this is, this is who I am, this is how I'm going to live, I don't know how I'm going to get there. So God, I'm just saying... This is what Jesus taught. This is what Jesus modeled. This is who you said I am. So God, get me there. And then stay open to making this journey. God will walk you. Through. And it doesn't matter 
if it takes a year or two years or 10, it doesn't matter. You'll be on this yeah. journey. And, you know, you will have things that you're really confident about speaking and changing. You, yeah. You know, yeah. And you some have some that you're are, not. Some things mm-hmm. are not as easy to confidently yeah. say, and, and that's okay. Yeah. 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 And, Jim, I think what you just, uh, in um, uh, back, uh, so what was it? Taking our step back, you know, yeah. we're working it backwards. You reverse engineering. I, reverse engineering. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. I feel that that is very, very important because I, I, I want my listeners to be able to, to see the difference between just positive thinking yep. and speaking. Mm. Right. This is much. That's so good, Bob. It's you know, so it's, true. Yeah, and and that is where this isn't based I w- on human I would effort. say right. you know the hyper faith movement came yep. in. Yeah. And it and it ended with me. Mm-hmm. You see, it it ended with me with that regards my, to my, what I was doing, and yeah. I was trying to convince my myself. Yeah. But rather, when you come back and and you combat, you know that that Luciferian doctrine. You know where? No, I, I, I really am. That, that, that I am created in His yeah. very mm-hmm. image and likeness, and as a result, you see, I, I, I live in Him, and He lives in me. My identity is secure. I, I, I don't just read the Word of God, but I perceive it and I persuade my heart of His truth. Mm-hmm. You see, and then with that intention, I'm then able to speak. So it, you're really finding the fullness, yes. you know, of your life hidden in God and Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it, you know, at the end of the day, he's got to be the Alpha and the Omega. He's got, he, yeah. he's, <laughs> it begins with <laughs> him, is, it ends with he him. He is the Alpha and Omega, mm-hmm. exactly. Now, you, you know, I mean, now stop and think about it. So Jesus is here. He, and, and, and you know, I, I I can't tell you how many times I'll go in and I'll just start reading about John 14 or in there. And I really want to look at these chapters where we're discovering the final things that Jesus said. Mm. Because, you know, the last instructions become very, very important. Yes. Yeah. So, you know. Jesus was praying for the disciples and and one of the things he says is he says now you know father I, I, let, me, let, me, let me get this because I don't I don't want to misquote this it's just so powerful it's in it's in John John 17 uh, he says uh, he says verse 21 he says I pray that they'll be one See, we think about, oh, we're going to get in harmony with each other. No, that probably never will happen. We'll be one, that they'll be one as you, Father, are in me and I'm in you, that they also may be one with us. Now, remember, that goes back to that Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, harmonizing right. with God, being one. Jesus wasn't saying there is no Trinity. <laughs> he was just saying that, you know, all of my purposes are in harmony with God. Yeah. All of yeah, my miracles yeah. are in harmony with God. Everything I do is in harmony with the character and the nature and the love of God. So he says, uh, so then he says in verse 20, I love this. So he says, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are. Now, we look at a phrase like that, the glory you've given me, they have, you know, I've given them. We look at that like Jesus laid hands on us and transferred mm-hmm. something. No. Right. Him 
you know, everything that God gives us, he gives us, and we participate in it to the degree that we believe it in our hearts. So the glory that Jesus showed us was a manifestation of what it looked like to be one with God. If I'm saying what God says, if I believe about me what God says about me, you know, it's all about being in harmony. So the glory of God that is offered to us comes about when there is a manifestation of us harmonizing all of our beliefs with with him, you know, you know, with God. And well, Jesus showed us about God. So falling short of the glory of God, then, is where I say, mm, the glory that Jesus, I, I just really, that's not the glory that I have. The way Jesus manifested God and glorified God, I can't do it that way. Well, wait a minute. He said, no. The glory I have is the result of you and I being one. And I've mm. manifested to them. I've showed them who you are mm. so that they can be one with you. And, yeah, and they can do the same And when they things. are one with you, then, yeah. then your glory is manifested to them. Yes. Which means they can do what I did, every, you know, everything. everything. You can just see yeah. how much this pleases God yeah. when, when we start using the authority he's given us and we don't fall short and that we do manifest everything that Jesus did. But the only other option is this. And no matter how you dress it up, no matter what nice words you change, is we're calling God a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. When we fall short. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, and falling short isn't about just falling into sin. Falling no. short is falling short in our belief. Yeah. Falling short in our sense of who we are in relationship to God. Falling short Then we are of, actually missing the mark. Yeah, we're missing the mark of what? Of who we really are. We're missing the mark yeah. of who Jesus showed us that we could be. You know, we just leave Jesus out of our salvation. Other than dying on the cross and getting us to heaven, most believers have no concept of where Jesus fits into real life. Where he fits into real life is us living out of the same truth and identity that he lived out of. Yeah. So That's so good. Raise the bar. <laughs> yeah, that that would be it the right bar. there. That that's the bottom line. No. And decide, you know, yeah, I'm I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not going to make mistakes. I'm not saying I'm not going to struggle with. But I'm saying it is my intention and my expectation. Yes, that I manifest the glory of God through my character, through my nature, mm-hmm. through my authority, mm-hmm. through everything that I do, in exactly mm-hmm. the same way that Jesus did. Yeah, through every word, every action, every thought. And, mm-hmm. you know, and at, at that, I will say what Forrest Gump doctrinally says. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> and you say it so well. It's like you're from the same place as That's me. right. <laughs> That's right. Raise oh. the bar. I tell you, I'm going to raise Good. the bar. We started this podcast off talking about mm-hmm. our favorite things, the happy, the joy that we choose. And um, the joy is such a... A, a great motive, fuel to do exactly this, to raise yep. the bar. Mm-hmm. Good. Jim, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Woo, for, you nailed was a, it. Just a, a, wow. a wonderful, wonderful thank day. Thank you so much. And again, to all our listeners, I encourage you, go back, listen to previous podcasts. Yes. You know, because we are in a progression here. We do take this journey together. If you've missed a few, just go back and listen. And yeah. then as well with this one, 
just take some time. <clears throat> and what you're what you're not looking for is is just this little trick or this yeah. or this you know little no. oh so I need to no this a key. is this is this key is going to well, be like a trick yeah but you're you want to begin to really step into an agreement yes you see with God's view and opinion and this yeah. is where that repentance takes place you know I'm I'm going to put off the old and I'm going to put on the new mm-hmm. you know Jesus knowing where he had come from and where he would return he knew the truth of his identity and and because of that he loved people and yeah. and if you're trying to love others you know a part of knowing who you really are in him you'll struggle and Jim. he and yeah. he was a man and he yeah. loved everybody like we have to keep remembering that he was a man one last thought I'd like to leave just think about it like this what if okay. tomorrow yeah your m- mother came and sat down with you and said look Need to tell you something. You were adopted. Right. And your birth family wants to get to know you. Mm. And your birth family is incredibly wealthy. And they want you to have, even though they honor us as your parents, they still want you to have every benefit of their wealth. They they mm. want you to be have they want you to have the same inheritance as their other kids have. They 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 want you to to, to be heir to all to, to all that they have. Now, if you decided to take them up on that, I can guarantee you this: you would make it your number one priority. Now that you discover I'm not who I have thought I was all these years, you would make it your number one priority to get to know your your true family. You'd make it a priority. If they said, look, listen, we want you to have an equal inheritance and in all that, that we have, just like our other kids do. We want you, I, I, I guarantee you, you would start exploring what that inheritance is. You start exploring what it looks like. Yeah. But it's amazing. I mean, God, the creator of the universe is saying, it's time for you to understand. I'm your real father. That's what Jesus yeah. went through. Mary had to sit down at some point with Jesus. Said, you know, I got, I got to tell you something. Joseph is not your daddy. Man, can you imagine that? And so, so, so then he's got to go through this whole process of, well, who is my father? And starting yeah. to discover all of these things. Who is mm-hmm. my father? What is my inheritance? Because, boy, in that, in that generation that he lived in, everything that you had, everything, everything was you would be was about yeah. your father, your bloodline. Right, right. But it's amazing. We've got the, the greatest wealth and power of the universe offered to us by our birth father, and we won't even pick up the phone and call him. (laughs) Go find out what is yours through your true father, your heavenly father. Mm -hmm. Wow. And now. And that's. That's all I got to say about that. And that's going to be a rewind Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. again, thank you. And thank you, you, everyone. Be sure to share the podcast with Mm -hmm. others. We love you, Um, our friends. You know, make a comment. It really helps, Mm -hmm. you know, people to discover this podcast and just invite them, you know, to, to take the journey with us because we are all 
you know, designed by God to receive yep. that spirit of adoption yep. where we are daughters and sons of the Most High. Yep. Good. Wonderful. Go out and find out what is yours through your true father. There you go. I'm right. going to go do that right now. All right. Love you. Love yeah. you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. All right. Have a great <laughs> week. Bye-bye.